0: Here's your host, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. You know, I was really dreading this episode, looking back at the schedule when it was announced because we would have a second episode of nothing to talk about. Turns out, a couple things have happened for the ABS over the last little while, and the league itself has been pretty nuts as we get over the first month of the season. But we're going to start with the ABS stuff because this is an ABS podcast, so we're going to talk about the ABS. Believe it or not, Christian, we have some injuries that we need to talk about because it just simply would not be an episode of Tell It Abs It Is podcast if everything was just fine and dandy.
1: This is how you know Avalanche Hockey's back. We're talking about injuries because that's just that's just how it goes for the Avs. Um, some big names hurt, but what else is new for this team? So we're going to have a, uh, a a good time trying to uh, cover up for these guys.
0: Yeah, so let's start with the big one. Val has surgery on his ankle and will be out for a month. That sucks. There's really no other way to put it.
1: That seems like a shocking turnaround because wasn't it like he almost played last week.
0: So Yeah, it's like, what, he skated what in Finland. So I was under the impression he was going to play against Nashville coming up. And I guess they just looked at it again. And maybe it's just the kind of thing we were talking about is just just make sure everything is right and make sure you're all good before we get into really the heart of the season. And most importantly, the playoffs.
1: It, it makes sense. It, it it does seem like this, like, I don't know why they waited so long if they knew surgery was an option, because if you would have done it already, you're talking two weeks into recovery, and he's only two more weeks out. So maybe they were just trying to rehab it, and hopefully they didn't need surgery. And then I guess when they got back to, to Denver, it was determined that he needed surgery.
0: I mean, maybe it was the kind of thing where they were going to see if it was getting better, and then it just wasn't getting better at all. So figured, bite the bullet, get the surgery, get him back in. Early December. I mean, December is when you're really gonna start to need your guys. I think I think for the rest of November, it's gonna be tough and it's not gonna be easy, but you're you might be able to get away with it a little bit. Once you get to December and it's game off, game off, game off every single day, you're gonna need as many guys as you can get.
1: Yeah, you're gonna need them. So I mean it's it's gonna be tough, but we're already two games in. We're two and zero oh without or no. How many games is he missed now? Four? Four, because he missed too many. Yeah, he missed the Islanders and the Devils and then the two with Columbus. So you're two and two without him, which, I mean, we talked about this on earlier episodes. Val has been the team MVP so far.
0: Yeah, without question. I mean, in the month of October, Val was the best player. He jumped right out of the gate against Chicago and did not let up. He was the best player. He was a horse on the power play just an absolute driving force at even strength, even with two line mates that were struggling so far to start the season. Val was at a certain point leading the league in both goals and points.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. We're not going to get the Val Hart and the Val uh, Art Ross trophy this year, which sucks.
0: Maybe next year.
1: Maybe next year we'll get them. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, th- there's no reason for cause for concern. I'd rather have this happen in November than in March. So just get this over with. Hopefully he comes back hundred percent healthy, which I'm assuming by doing surgery, this is basically like we're we're going to guarantee he's hundred um, percent. And then, like you said in December, he has so many games to play that it's probably for the best that he's getting the surgery now.
0: No, oh, yeah, if he if he has any rust to shake off in December, it will not take very long.
1: Oh, well, I, I forgot last year that he was hurt and missed a pretty good amount of time last year.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, he played the first game of the season, then basically missed the next couple of weeks, comes back in early November, and all of a sudden the ABS offensive problems were fixed.
1: Yeah, they were fixed. And I don't think we need to worry about uh, Val coming back with Russ because that dude seems like he has an, un, like an unbelievable work ethic. So, yeah, it's a big-time bummer, but it gives guys like Alex Newhook and Evan Rodriguez more of a chance to step up and get those solid top six minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is also – you're going to be leaning a lot more on Arturi Lekkonen, as we've been seeing over the last couple of games. He's basically going to be probably planted on that top line. Thank God we made that trade now, because now we have neither Landeskog nor Nachushkin. Now it's going to be Lekkonen pretty much getting those – all those big minutes with McKinnon and Rantanen. You know who this is really big for? Martin Kow. He gets yes. the goal in Finland, and now congratulations, Martin – You are now an NHL player. You now have an NHL spot. Now it's not cute. Now we need you to consistently do stuff because now it's not, oh, give him time because he deserves it. It's because, no, we need you to play now.
1: Yeah, and I think he's going to continue to play well. Uh, If Finland was any indication, he's getting trusted with more and more minutes. So hopefully he can keep up that hot streak and no one can replace Val, but a committee can replace him.
0: It's it's tough because we said that about about Landeskog. Yeah, like, you know, committee can replace him, and who's the chairman of that committee? Val Chushkin. So now you are down two of the. This team sucks to play against committee, and Lekkinen is going to be a big part of replacing that. New hooks, newfound confidence from Finland. Hopefully, he's going to play an important part of replacing that. Evan Rodriguez. He's already been getting very good minutes, but now he's going to get more. Just it's going to have to be what it's been for the abs for the last several years. It's just going to have to be the next man up.
1: Yeah. And I think they're going to fill in fine. I think if you play 500 hockey in November until you get Val back, you're happy with it Um, because the schedule is a little bit tougher. Like that Carolina game on Saturday seems like a, a pretty daunting task with the injuries we have in that wagon. That is the Carolina hurricanes. But I have full faith in this team. As long as Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen are playing and Kale McCarr and Devon Taves, you, you have as good a chance against any team as you do any other like team in the league.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the depth guys that need to step up. At the end of the day, it's going to be the stars that win us these games. Yes. McKinnon's been on fire. Kale McCarr, he's got his goal. He's picking up his points. He looks great. Miko Rantan has the hat trick in the first game in Finland. He's looking great as well you are gonna have Georgiev who's still gonna be standing on his head. The stars are gonna be carrying the way, but it's just when you when you lose those support guys when those guys don't have their best game, it just gets impossible sometimes to win. Yeah. It gets
1: very hard. So we'll uh, we'll see. But Val's not the only injury because as as we said, it wouldn't be the avalanche without the injury. Bo Byram's out week to week, which I, I don't know where he got hurt. I don't remember a play in Finland where he got banged up, but apparently he did.
0: Yeah, I, I, rem- I remember him leaving at a certain point, and like he had the lower body injury. I didn't think it was going to be anything particularly significant. If there is any positive, is that it is a lower body injury. Correct. This is not a concussion for Bo Byram. We don't need to have that conversation, honestly. I'm a little more worried about this one than I am with Val, if I'm being a little real, just because I think Bo is such an important cog in this defense. And I mean, we might as well mention it here too. Sam Gerrard's also day to day. And if that starts to carry over into a couple of games, all of a sudden we're talking about Devontae's Kale McCarr, and then probably Josh Manson, Curtis McDermott, second pair. Oh, Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson, Well, I mean, EJ's a right D too, but if they if they, if they can play two right Ds together, there's no law against that. But if yeah, I mean, talking, super... if we're talking about guys playing their correct spots. It's either yeah. Jacob McDonald or Curtis McDermott at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're probably gonna call up some guy from the from the AHL just to have that piece. But well,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah. you gotta you gotta throw another guy down on the third pair, and who's that even gonna be?
1: Right. Exactly. So the abs are the D that is the best D in the league is missing two of its six like it's it, it's not you're and missing an, a whole pair an
0: entire pairing
1: yeah so man i know i i miss jack johnson man
0: i know <laughs> we talked about him last episode he's killing it in chicago yeah. right now he's been a shot blocking machine i wish we brought him back maybe we make a trade for him later on this year yeah just a just a real feel good trade but yeah i'm i'm a little more concerned about this one than i am with val just because We really did kind of build this team around the fact that we have the best defense in the NHL, and we have the stars on offense that can make up for a dip in scoring that comes from losing a Nachushkin and surviving without Landeskog. Byram has been a big part of this defense so far. Kale McCarr and Devontae are going to continue to be the best pair in the NHL. That is without question. But then number three, all of a sudden, is Josh Manson. And I like Josh Manson. Josh Manson's not a number three defenseman. And Curtis McDermott is not, he's not an NHL, even defense. a, a, a he's NHL a defenseman, let alone second pair. Yeah, he's
1: a fringe fourth liner.
0: Yeah, he is a break glass in case of emergency and use with extreme caution.
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking about Kale McCarr and is playing like 29 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> These guys, like, when we when we play Carolina, Kel McCarr and Devontae will play 30 minutes.
1: Correct. Correct. And we'll see. It, it's going to be the Byron one scares me. And we saw with Gerard last year, like, he'll play through stuff, but he's not the same player when he's banged up.
0: Right. He's just not. Yeah, he had the back surgery last season. Hopefully this isn't something to do with that again. I doubt it. Also, hopefully this doesn't have anything to do with the – what again what did he break last season i forget this every time sternum Sternum. i want i had collarbone and i had clavicle and both of them were wrong he broke his sternum last season i hope this doesn't have anything to do with his sternum or his back that he had from last season it also doesn't seem like compared to everyone else at least that it's too serious so maybe it's a couple games at most if it's any at all because we still have a couple of days left to play before we go up against Nashville so maybe this isn't that big a deal and you can still run out Sam Gerard and Josh Manson and then maybe kind of have to struggle on your third pair a little bit with McDermott and Eric Johnson that's a scary third pair that's yeah, it I think that McDonald's worries me McDonald's.
1: I think McDonald gets the nut.
0: I I would hope McDonald gets the call I mean EJ has been. Okay to start he's been this. a good
1: third pair defenseman. Yeah, he's
0: been a, he's been a third pair defenseman. He's been what he should be so far. I don't think Curtis McDermott is a proper partner for him.
1: No, absolutely not. So yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. The injuries to the defense sucks, and you would have loved to have seen a little bit more depth through the defenseman, but you you don't have that luxury like you did last year with Jack Johnson just waiting in the wings. You just don't this year. So um it's going to be tough. I I hope Bo Byram. It's just a week and maybe because we're going on what he wouldn't have played in almost a week and a half since since the last game he played at this point already. So
0: yeah, I'm I hope mean, Bo stays
1: okay, but we'll uh, we'll have to see. So I'm I'm definitely nervous. Uh, I think the Avs can handle Nashville, but Carolina could be a bloodbath. It really yeah, could. Carolina's I mean, they, playing some good hockey right now.
0: I mean, the games you've got coming up are really feast or famine. You you have Nashville, who right now is getting the crap kicked out of them by the Seattle Kraken, three to nothing, or was it three, four, four to nothing. nothing? Yeah, four to nothing on seven shots. Soros has not been good to start the season, and they just look like they're in trouble. Then you have the Hurricanes, who are not in trouble and are very very good. Correct. Then you have the St. Louis Blues, who we're going to talk about more in detail later in this episode. Losers of eight in a row now. They're bad. That is a bad bad. hockey team right now. We're going to talk more about that later. But then you have the Hurricanes again in Carolina. And then you have the Capitals, who, I mean, on paper, the Avalanche should not struggle so much against the Caps as much as they have historically, especially last season. The Capitals were one of only two teams to sweep them. But you go back already to earlier this season, who was that other team? Columbus. Avs just swept Columbus. Maybe that bodes well for them against the Caps so far this year. Darcy Kemper revenge game. Yeah, Kemper revenge game. Then you have Dallas twice in this in this month. Those are two very interesting matchups. But sandwiched in between those, you have Vancouver and Nashville. Again, very famine kind of games. And then you finish up with Winnipeg. So you've got a bunch of tough teams, but also a bunch of games that you still should win.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm thinking. If you can go 500... 500- through this stretch with all these injuries, I, I think any Avs fan would take that.
0: Yeah, I I want to see them win a couple of those bigger games. Like I want to, I want to win at least one against Carolina. I'd like to see them go to Washington and beat the Capitals after the performance they put up last season. And to, the games against the Caps were not their best last season. And the Caps are banged up to all hell. I don't see. I much think either. they're the only team that can complain about injuries more than the Avs. Maybe, yeah, they have $40 million on the reserve. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. But I'd like to see them go to Washington and beat the Capitals. I think that would be a good thing for them. I You got to win one of them against Dallas. I think I think to me, those are the two most important games so so far this season because Dallas is good. They have established that they are good and they are absolutely in playoff contention this season and probably top three in the Central so far, I would say. I mean, given how St. Louis
1: is playing, I think they're solid. And yeah. Ottinger should be back by the time those games happen.
0: I believe so. And mm-hmm. Dallas has been Dallas has been treading water without him, which is more than I thought they would do. Jamie Benn has been playing better. Jason Robertson's been a stud. Dallas looks like a legitimately good team. You add Ottinger back into the mix. That's a very serious threat. So yeah, I'd yeah. like to, I'd like to win at least one of those games.
1: I think they can. I really do, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough, man. Like these, these games without these guys is rough, man. It's just sucks with the injuries, but I mean, I'm I'm hoping and praying that we just get the injury bug out of the way early. I mean, even though we know that McKinnon's probably going to take some maintenance games, Ranton's going to take some games. I don't know if McCarr and Taves take as many because I, I just don't know, but. I mean,
0: it's, it's just tough for McCarr to get hurt because no one can touch him.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. It, it's going to be tough, but I have faith in the Savs team. And I watch them just shock us and have like another November like they did last oh, year, yeah, where they like ju- they just walk 1. through.
0: Like all of a sudden, Evan <laughs> Rod- Evan Rodriguez finishes November as a point per game player. Alex Newhook scores six goals. That whole that whole spiel. I mean, injuries while they suck on paper can sometimes be a good thing to wake the rest of the team up because hey. There is no valve safety net to save you here. You still don't have your captain. You don't have Bo Byram to eat up a bunch of defensive minutes. Sometimes in the big picture, it's a good way to get everyone really invested into their own system and into their own game because you don't have that that savior anymore behind you. I feel I feel like the McKinnon injury last season in November was not a catalyst, but definitely reminded everyone that you have to do your job better than you would have to, if McKinnon's in the lineup, and then McKinnon comes back, everyone's still doing their jobs and the abs are just running through people.
1: Yeah. I, it wouldn't shock me in the least if they pull this off and just go like have a crazy run. Um, but I, I think a guy like Alex Newhook, I'm really hopeful that this gets him really going. You've seen a little bit of it with, uh, his trip in Finland. So I think he's going to really, really get going. And I would love, I'm, I'm hoping for 500 hockey, but there could be some like, they, they could surprise us. They really could.
0: Yeah. I mean, they definitely can. If they pick, they've got the three, the first three games of this trip at home, it'll probably be good for them to get some home cooking finally. Cause it's been, it seems like almost a month since their last home game against the the Kraken at this point on October 21st by the time they play Nashville be November 10th and yeah it'll be good to get for them to get some home cooking under their belt again I think they're gonna probably be a little above 500 to end this month but we'll see where it all goes I mean if
1: Georgiev keeps playing the way he's playing he could I mean yeah I mean that I mean that's
0: the big fact I mean if Georgiev is just gonna casually keep putting up like 950s every single night I mean Val take your time
1: yeah, <laughs> we'll be good. So yeah, it's going to be tough, but I, I have faith in this abs team. Um, It's just atypical for the abs these past like five years just to go through this. So. Yeah, it's it's
0: like you said, now, now really feels like an abs season again. Now we're talking about injuries. How are we going to survive it? And we're going to be on here for the next three weeks talking like, man, how are the abs doing this? They're just so good.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're going to be – this will be an old takes exposed when you listen to this and the Avs go like 9-1 and in their next 10 games. And you're like, oh, when Val comes back, can they even get better? Like, what do you mean?
0: Yeah, like, oh, Martin Uh, Cow, he's really turned into something now.
1: That'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome if he does. So,
0: yeah, I mean,
1: I I have faith in this Avs team. They'll be good. And if it's any indication, the rest of the Western Conference is stinky poo-poo.
0: Yeah, because even if the Avs struggle – it's just really hard to concern me right now because the Western conference stinks. It is a bad division. It's bad. There's no other way to slice it. Vegas I would say is the only team that has really established themselves.
1: Vegas has looked really good. Uh, They're
0: they're, they're president's trophy contenders. They're 12 and two.
1: Yeah. They've looked really good. And if that team can stay healthy, I think they're going to be a threat in the West. Uh, the good news is we probably wouldn't have to match up with them until the Western conference
0: final. So, well, I mean, they're 12 and two. We're one of those.
1: Yeah, we we, we went into the, time. we
0: went in there. We went in. Holy shit. We went into their <laughs> building and beat them. We are the only team that has gone into Vegas and won a game this season.
1: It, we are one of the few. Um, and they just, they're getting solid goaltending. Eichel's look fantastic. Uh, Mark stone looks like he's back to the old Mark stone. Their defense, while it's not a bunch of stars, I feel like they're they're playing at a very good level. Um, I think what they built is very sustainable for for success for them. So- yeah,
0: I mean Logan Thompson's at nine thirty, Aiden Hills at nine twenty five. I think a lot of their shooting percentages might be a little high. I mean, you've got Chandler Stevenson shooting at seventeen percent, Riley Smith shooting at fourteen. I think they're gonna cool off a little bit but my fears about Vegas coming into this season have pretty much been squashed. That's a playoff team. That's one of the best teams in the West. They're a favorite to go to the Stanley cup final.
1: Oh yeah. They they could run away with the Pacific division. They really oh, yeah. could.
0: They, they might already be doing that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they went into Toronto tonight and beat a Toronto team that was playing better, um, coming up back to back wins against the Bruins and the hurricanes. Uh, so they're, They're on an, what would we say? Eight game win streak?
0: Yeah. They've won eight. We are, are are we their last loss? It's possible. I believe, I believe we are their last loss. They've won eight in a row. They're five and one at home. They're seven and one on the road. And they're, they're already eight points up on the next closest team in the Pacific, which is the Seattle Kraken.
1: Yeah, let's go Kraken, baby. Our guy Berkey looks fantastic in Seattle
0: oh, yeah, he's got three points already in the first period of this game against Nashville. He, he's he been brilliant so far. And it, like just Kraken team, all they have to be apparently is just competitive, and that might be enough to make the playoffs here because there are just not a lot of decent teams right now.
1: No, the West is really bad. And I wanted to get your thoughts about that whole shame right thing real quick. What, what were your thoughts on the fact that his grandparents flew out for the games and he got scratched for all three?
0: I mean, it's just the kind of thing where it's just – Why is he here then? Because, like, if you're Seattle, it is the second year of your existence. You have house money to be playing with right now. If you make the playoffs, awesome. If you don't, is anyone really going to be that upset as long as you are playing competitive hockey? Shane Wright is going to be one of the futures of your team. Why are you risking a bad relationship with him? 10 games into his tenure with the team. Just play. I know you don't have to play a guy just because his grandparents are in town, his family's in town. I'm taking that out of the equation. Just play the kid, see what he's got. Let him play in the NHL and let him develop his skills at a young age. And if you're not going to play him, send him down. Yeah, I just... send them. They can send him back to the juniors too. Yeah, send him back to the juniors. Like just do what you can to help the kid develop. He's not going to learn anything sitting in the press box. And it's not going to make your relationship any easier when he brings his family in to watch him play. And you don't play him. Like you're already already risking pissing off the kid you just drafted and got blessed to fall to you at fourth overall. I just don't get it. I don't get it either, but it is kind of just like, it's funny.
1: um, But I mean the Kraken right now, they're a good hockey team. So it's, it's interesting. They're not playing him, but. I just thought that was a weird story. It's like, yeah, his grandparents were there, but this is the NHL. Like, You're not guaranteed to play every night just because you're the fourth overall pick. So we'll see what's going on with them. But, I mean, just for the, to get back to the Western Conference as a whole, like it's Vegas. The Abs are a little bit behind them. The Stars and Jets are playing good. But outside of that, the Western Conference fucking stinks, dude. And we yeah, called this going into the season. We, we knew it was going to stink. We
0: really did. And the Oilers are a very feast or famine team. There are nights they look brilliant. And they're, they're going to be a team that wins four in a row and loses four in a row, like all season long. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried about them making the playoffs yeah. or anything like that. But they just look okay. I mean, they, they beat the Lightning today on the second half of a back-to-back after losing to the Capitals and giving up, what was it? three, four goals on the power play. Yeah. Not just good. getting absolutely torched by Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov come back the next night and go into Tampa Bay and beat them. Like they're just gonna be they're gonna be fine because they're just not in danger because the West is so bad. But they could be so much better.
1: A playoff series between them and Vegas would be fun.
0: I this this current version of Vegas would beat them. I would oh, easily but it yeah. would be
1: it would be a fun. It would be a fun series. Um, I'm not worried about Edmonton either. They'll find the Pacific Division is bad. Uh,
0: I th- I think the Central's worse.
1: Oh, the Central Division is by far the worst division in hockey, and the Avs are
0: lucky they get to play in it. Um, you know, you know how it's bad. The Coyotes are sixth. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. That's not good. But there's another team
1: with a bunch of losses piling up right now, and that that's the Calgary Flames.
0: Yeah, they've they've surprised me. They I thought they started really well to start of the season. Now they're three, five, and two in their last ten, and they just cannot seem to string any wins together lately. And now Jonathan Huberto's day to day, they've lost to the Kraken, they've lost to Nashville, they lost both of their games to the Devils. They blew a lead to the Islanders last night too and lost to the Devils today. And they couldn't beat the Oilers in the their second matchup of the season. Their last win came against the Penguins.
1: And the penguins haven't looked great either. So oh, like
0: there's a lot of teams that just man, they just look like shit.
1: Yeah. And the the Flames, I didn't realize it. They played eight of their first nine games at home. This is their first time leaving their the province of uh Alberta. Yeah, Alberta. Yeah, well,
0: the, the one road game they played was in Edmonton. Yeah. So this
1: is their first time leaving. And it's not been good for them so far.
0: No, they lost uh, both.
1: I don't think they're playing particularly bad. Like they outshot the Devils tonight. They outshot the um, they outshot the uh, Islanders the night before. Like they, they haven't been terrible. It's just they're not getting any timely saves, and they can't get the puck past the other goalie.
0: Yeah, I mean, what is, what is Markstrom? at? Yeah, Markstrom's in eight ninety seven right now. Yeah, they played like him that.
1: on back to back nights, which I thought yeah. was weird.
0: But, and that, and that's weird, right? Because you've got Dan Vladar, who you they just gave him an extension, right? Am I making yeah. that up? No, yeah,
1: I'm pretty they, sure they, they did.
0: just they just extended him a, like a week ago on October 20th they gave him a, a 2 year extension at 2.2 million dollars per and they're just not going to play him on the second half of a back-to-back like what's going on there yeah, it makes Naz- no sense Nazem Kadri's probably been their best player so far to start the season
1: Oh 100% he has so yeah i mean they're they'll be fine in the playoffs i'm not worried about them but it is a little weird that they're going through these types of losses uh Actually, it's not weird because there's so many new pieces. I would have expected them to start a little bit slower than they did.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going about the way I expected it to for them. For At least I got something right in my division <laughs> predictions so far. I think Calgary's going to be fine. I still have Edmonton finishing ahead of them, but I think once they get Huberto back and you get Weegar cooking a little more, like Huberto, even when he has been healthy, has just been okay. Like he's just, Can't score,
1: but yeah, he's still making plays.
0: I mean, it, it also probably sucks when you take him off of that line in Florida that he had. It's probably going to knock a few points off the board. Uh, Elias Lindholm's been okay. I think you take Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Kudrow off of his line, there's going to be a little bit of a drop there in points there as well. But Kadri's been great and I think their goaltending... like Markstrom's not going to be in Vesna consideration this season, but I think he's going to regress back to the mean a little bit and be better. And there's I just not. I'm not concerned about them missing the playoffs, but I think we're lining up pretty nicely for a battle of Alberta in the first round, though.
1: Oh yeah, I think so too. Um, like the Pacific, like do I do I trust
0: Seattle to be a wild card team? I don't know. I, I just don't. I just I just don't see how their goaltending sustains this over an eighty-two. Yeah, like we're talking like, about
1: Martin Jones being really good. Yeah, like, like Martin that
0: Jones and this? Joey Decord and Bowers on injured reserve right now. And Martin Jones is their best goalie at a 901. Yeah. I just I just don't see how over the course of an 82 game season you can have the kind of unfinished roster that you have year two into expansion with the goaltending that you have and be like, Yep, playoff team. Competitive yeah. team, absolutely. Berkey's been great. Oliver Bjorkstrand's just been okay. Uh Maddie Beneers has kind of cooled off a little bit. So as much as I love Berkey, I I don't see him wearing the Kraken like a backpack and carrying them to the playoffs.
1: No, I I still think it's L.A. is going to be the wild card team from the Pacific. There's no chance. I mean, the Pacific may get both wild cards at this pace. Like,
0: well here, well here's a team that's kind of flown under the radar to start the season. Winnipeg is eight three and one, and yeah. they've won three in a row. They're seven two and one in their their last ten games so far. The way the West is looking, if they play like that, even if they drop off. That's a wild card birth right there. If not top three,
1: if not top three, but I want to ask you this question. Like all these teams we listed off, they're having good starts. They all have new coaches. Do you think they've regressed to the mean at all? Once the new coach shine wears off. Um, I, I don't think Vegas particularly goes down because they have the players to sustain this, but Winnipeg. Plus, plus like, I just
0: think they got a really good coach.
1: Yeah. They got Bruce Cassidy. So I, I like, do I think that Dallas can sustain what they're sustaining? It depends what Ottinger you get. Winnipeg, like, I mean, Hellbuck started at, what'd you say? A nine thirty two is what he's been the start. Yeah. The he's a,
0: he's above a nine He's been brilliant.
1: Yeah. So it, is that sustainable? Um, we know that their defense in Winnipeg is bad. It, like, it's really bad, but once that new coach shine kind of wears off, what happens to these teams? I just don't know.
0: Um, Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night, following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild. This season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night. From money line, to puck line, to individual player props, no matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I think think for Winnipeg, I don't trust, I don't know if I trust them to finish top three in the Central. I still think Minnesota is going to scratch and claw their way back in there. Oh, yeah. But underneath Minnesota and Winnipeg is Chicago, Arizona, Nashville, and St. Louis. All of them, I would not say are particularly good right now.
1: No, no. And I mean, unless St. Louis really turns it around, I don't think St. Louis makes the playoffs this year. And I think
0: they end up trading O'Reilly. They're, they're three and eight right now. They've lost eight in a row, and they look bad. They look like trash right now. Cairo is getting minuses every single time he's on the ice. Neither Bennington nor Grise can make a save. And they gave up five goals to the Flyers today. And I know yeah. the Flyers are not the joke that I thought they were going to be this season, but the Flyers do not score. They don't score. They just do not give up goals, and that's why they're decent right now because Carter Hart's been brilliant. But that's a team that's had 28 goals coming into today, which was behind Columbus even. And the Blues are the only team with less than that. They have 23 goals in 11 games, man.
1: Dude, there, did you see that stat about
0: O'Reilly? He has like one
1: point and he's minus like 20.
0: Oh, yeah. The the, the Blues are a nightmare to have on any fantasy team right now. Like yeah, I, I, think- I drafted Cairo relatively high in both of my leagues. I've had to drop him in both because he has been like single-handedly sinking me. Ryan yeah. O'Reilly has been an absolute nightmare just about in every which way, every time he's on the ice. I mean, even a guy like Robert Thomas, who I'm really high on, is just been kind of treading water. Like there's not really been any saving grace in St. Louis so far.
1: There hasn't. And I just, we, we joked about this on a couple of episodes where the uh, analytics had them down so low. The analytics may have been wrong about them too, because they are just an absolute dumpster fire.
0: Yeah. I mean, losing Peron, I didn't think would be this big of a deal for them, but their whole thing last year was their depth and like, oh, we've got we've got so many 20 goal scores. That that's how we're going to somehow beat the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs is we just have nine 20 goal. What did the abs have? Like eight or seven 20 goal yeah. scores, and that just got completely ignored. But they lost one of them, and now all the other ones are regressing back to the mean. And now they're getting older. And Jordan Bennington is just continuing to be a whiny baby and cannot stop pucks. Thomas Grise is not Billy Husso and is not going to save them. And, I mean, Justin Falk has been, like, one of the only good players on the team so far this season. Like, just everything has gone wrong. And I know we're getting very off off topic from Winnipeg. But my, just circling back to my point about the Jets is, even if the Jets do regress a little bit and that Rick Bonus shine wears off, if they're just getting good goaltending from Connor Hellebuck and they can get more from, from Kyle Connor and just get good depth, that's fourth in the central. Yes. And that's at least probably, to me, good enough for a wild card.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're going to build enough gap even if the Blues do figure it out. Um, They're going to build a big enough lead, I think, that they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, without question. I mean, and Nashville, they are they're just getting destroyed right now. UC Soros has been killer for them so far to start the season. He's gone from saving them to burying them. And, I mean, the the Jets are already 11 points up on the Blues to start the season. Like, they're, they've already pulled away significantly. They're six points ahead of Nashville. I mean, and, like, Chicago has 12 points. They're playing 500, and they're fourth in the division right now. <laughs> A team that's actively trying to lose as many games actively as Actively well. trying to lose. And they are in the top half of the division.
1: Yeah, it's not been good. The Central Division is the worst division yeah. in hockey, and it's not. It really is hard.
0: the Avalanche, and it is the Stars. And maybe if the Jets can stick around, they can keep themselves in that conversation.
1: Yeah, I think we can pretty much firmly guarantee the four playoff teams and the Central will be the Avs the stars and then a combination of uh, what you flip-flop the Jets and the wild I, I yeah.
0: think those I, are- I, I'm pretty confident in the top three Avalanche number one stars number two wild number three Jets number four we'll see if the Jets get a wild card out of that
1: yeah it's gonna be interesting like the central division is really bad and it might be a good thing because the abs are really banged up right now so I don't think any team's gonna run away with that division at all.
0: I mean, I think we will eventually. But... Yeah, We
1: will, but like any team other than the Avs will not run away with it.
0: Yeah. No, they will not. So that, that's why it's just really hard to be concerned about any sort of injuries or loss with the Avs. Because over the course of a long season, they're, there's going to be a time where they just rattle off like 15 of 16 in a row or something. And just completely pull away from that division. Especially as like as it gets down to later in the season and guys are in full swing and guys come back from injuries. Like once Landis Gog is back, oh. it's just gonna be over.
1: Yeah, this team's cake when they when they get Landy
0: back. And so I mean, like, and it's like this division, as we're talking about, it's just not even competitive. Dallas has been The only reason it's even a question is Dallas has been somewhat surprising. If Dallas, it was what we expected them to be, which would just be probably 500 right now, we would still be second in the division already, even with a suboptimal start and a surprising start from the Jets would be the only thing in our way already. Remember last year, we were like sixth. I think we were at one point like 10 points back in Minnesota
1: at this point last year. Oh, yeah. and I think we, I came on the show and I was like, yeah, the Avs may not win the division, but who really cares? Just get in the playoffs and you'll be good. And then, yeah, they rattled off the one of the greatest 50-game stretches in NHL.
0: In yeah, they they went from, like, the end of December to February with one overtime loss.
1: Yeah. So those were good times, man. Yeah, those were great good times. episodes.
0: Even better times because we went on to win the Cup.
1: Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like I have so many um, – so much more patience is here Cause like we won the cup, we know we can do it. Like just well, get to the playoffs and we're fine.
0: Yeah, We won the cup. Like, okay. Like Val needs a month to heal up. Like take your time, buddy. We're yeah, all good. Your like, the, on, this, the central division is forcing no timelines on us right now. We can take as much time as we need. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm very excited to watch this team play again, because we've only seen them play twice in the past, almost two weeks. So I am excited to get back in the groove uh, with, the abs playing. Um, and if it's any indication, Nashville, this game could like the abs could blow them out.
0: They really, yeah, they could. could very well blow them out. I mean, either Soros puts up the game of his life in a total bounce back or the abs just absolutely crush them. Yeah.
1: Um, because yeah, he's, he's not looked good. And then you go in, but we kind of talked about that Carolina game a little bit, that Carolina is, I think in the East it's Carolina, Tampa and Boston are like the three teams you should be worried about. Um, and Carolina looks legit, dude. If Freddie can stay healthy all year, I mean, I think if Freddie stays healthy last year, I think they probably have a good chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Yeah, without qu- – all they need to do is win one more game against the Rangers at home, and yeah. then they're on the Eastern Conference Final. Who knows what they can do against Tampa Bay. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on the Carolina train this season, even if I don't like them that much. That That's a, <laughs> a good team from top to bottom with good goaltending, good defense, good depth. And Svechnikov and Aho are are really starting to turn into those not stars, but like elite top line players. But right now there's a team in their way in the Eastern Conference. The New Jersey Devils are yeah. 10 and 3, and they are nine and one in their last 10, and they have won seven in a row. Are they a wagon? I think the analytics show that they're due for some regression. Um, but I don't know. Time- I don't know, man. A lot of their analytics suggest that this is very sustainable.
1: It's sustainable, but like Vtech Vanacek has been unreal. And we know, you know, firsthand how vtech Vanacek is, you know, firsthand.
0: Vitek so. Vanacek is volatile to say the least. And Mackenzie Blackwood is out four to six weeks with an MCL sprain.
1: Yeah. Like we know what Vitek Vanacek is. He's playing good right now, but I think he'll, he's due for some regression. I think New Jersey is a solid playoff team. Do I think they're a contender to go to the Stanley Cup final? Not yet. I Not think yet. they need one more year. Uh, And then they'll be good. But um, I think what they have right now should get them to the playoffs, especially with some other Eastern conference teams, not being as good as we thought, like how crazy would it be if Pittsburgh and Washington miss the playoffs? It's not not going to happen.
0: I would, I would not rush to say it's not going to happen. It is a very real possibility right now before the the last time that happened Uh, before Ovechkin and Crosby.
1: Yeah. The last time,
0: the last time the caps missed the playoffs was 2014 and the last time the Penguins missed the playoffs was pre Crosby. Yeah, <laughs> like they're on they're on the longest playoff streak in the league right now. I mean, do, I don't count the their loss to Montreal in the bubble as missing the playoffs because no. they they were fifth in the East. They would have very comfortably made the playoffs. It's just I don't think it's fair to classify that as missing the playoffs. But the last time it happened, I mean, the last time they missed before Crosby, I mean, they made it Crosby's rookie season. I want or to say so. I, or did they not?
1: I can't remember. You're asking Either, me remember. It
0: doesn't matter. Either they made it Crosby's sophomore season and haven't missed since, or they made it in his rookie season. Like, it makes a big fucking difference. Yeah. But it, it has never happened in the Crosby-Ovechkin era for both of them to miss the playoffs. It just, It simply is not a thing that happens. The Penguins have lost seven in a row. The Caps just barely finally got on the board with a win against the Oilers last night. They have been struggling like nobody's business over the last little while. They they've come close, but they just haven't been able to pick up wins. They lost to Carolina in a close shootout. They lost to Vegas in overtime. They lost to Detroit. If they did not beat the Oilers on Monday, losing three to two to Arizona, blowing a two to nothing (laughs) lead, and losing with thirty seconds left, and not even getting a point out of it would have been my breaking point. I was so resigned to the fact that we were going to lose the Oilers, then Ovechkin just has an absolute vintage night, and Kuzi finally has four points and picks up his first two goals of the season. Tomorrow, the Capitals and Penguins play against each other. That is going to be a very fun game. Is it in Washington or in Pittsburgh? It's in Washington.
1: Okay, all right. I feel good about that. But like you said, the Eastern Conference right now, if the playoffs started both Florida, the Rangers— the Capitals and the Penguins would miss the playoffs. That's four of the eight last year.
0: Yep, and you would have Detroit, New Jersey, and the Islanders in, and Philly, <laughs> and Philly. Yep, Philly would be first wild card right now. Tampa would be the second wild card team.
1: God, could you? If that were to play out, could you imagine if Boston has this great regular season and they get Tampa in the first round? Yeah, <laughs> that that's a
0: that's a rough ask for them.
1: Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, the East is it's so different compared to the West because the East has legitimately really good teams and the comp like the divisions are really good. But like, you know, the you hope the Rangers are going to turn it around. I they are kind of middling around 500, like they blew a two goal lead in the third period to the Islanders tonight. Uh, Buffalo's cooled off a little bit, which sucks. Um,
0: yeah, the they've, they've it seems like the I think the Sabres they've cooled down. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but they're no. just such—they're so, so fun. They're just yeah. so fun. They're really fun, and like Florida, I—I I think
1: they're a good team, but they—they just—they're not winning right now.
0: They're just missing a certain spark. Like they—they yeah. they don't have the feel of the Panthers from last season. They're not the offensive dynamo that they were. Obviously, not having Huberto hurts that too. And Matthew Kachuk just can't stay out of his own way. The guy no. just refuses to let himself stay in the lineup. And they just they just don't have depth. And their defense stinks. Like, yeah. Who is Matt as who, who is this? Who That's is a great this? question. Who is this person that is made up on cap friendly right now? This is not <laughs> real. He's not real. Can you tell me when he was drafted? No, you can't, because he is undrafted. Okay. Liars! You yeah, made but, him up. You pulled him off the streets.
1: And like Eric Stahl is playing, or is it Jordan or Eric? Why am I getting the Stalls mixed Eric, up? Eric. Eric uh, he's playing significant minutes for his team, and he didn't play last year.
0: So... He, he signed his PTO, and they didn't even sign him until like recently, didn't they? Yeah. Like he's he's playing big minutes. Yeah, I, I they just... signed him October 21st. They had him on a PTO, did not sign him to start the season, and then signed him once the season began.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Like Florida just doesn't really. I don't think they're a cup contender at all.
0: I I don't think so either. I mean, se- serious team. S- I think stuff has to go wrong for them to really miss the playoffs. Still, but they're going to get.
1: Imagine I- if they missed the playoffs and they gave away all of those assets. Could you imagine?
0: No first round draft pick until two thousand, potentially two thousand twenty six, but at the earliest twenty twenty five.
1: Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, they
0: gave up all of that just to barely squeak by the Capitals. That horrible Caps team in the first round that probably still should have beaten them. Yes. And then just to get absolutely slaughtered by Tampa. Of yeah. all teams, of all teams with the Panthers to get killed by, it was Tampa. And they gave up all of that for Claude Giroux. And they gave up all of that for, why am I blanking on his name? Ben Chirot. Yeah, Ben Sherratt. They gave up all that for those two guys who aren't even there anymore. Yeah. That's not going to go over well.
1: No, but, yeah, I mean, the East is good. The West stinks, um, and the Avs will be just fine. So don't don't worry about it. Don't sweat these games too much. Just go out there, win some hockey games, and you'll, you'll be fine in the West. Yeah, I mean,
0: as long as the process looks good. I mean, you don't want to lose to Nashville. You don't want to lose to St. Louis or Vancouver or any of them like that. But, like, if you go out against Carolina and you lose – three to two, like as long as you look good and your stars look good, Martin Cout looks good. New hook looks good. Then you're fine in yeah. the big picture. All that really matters is your positioning in the first round and just how the systems are rolling along. Because if the systems are rolling along and you start adding those pieces back, you get Nachushkin back, you get Landis back, you get Byron back, you get Helm back. We'll see if we're even missing Gerard for any sort of extended period of time. But once you get him back, Things are just going to start to roll. And again, I think the trade deadline is going to be a very important time for this team because I think there are still things that they need because now we're All looking right. at the defense, two guys down, and you probably need a much more comfortable seventh. I think, I think that much is certain. I don't think you need to replace anyone in your – I think Jack Johnson makes
1: a lot of sense. To I
0: think he does. <laughs> he does. I think he does, too, if they're willing to do that, but – I don't think you replace anyone in your top six. We'll see how EJ lasts throughout the rest of the season. I, I just can't see them getting to a point where they feel the need to replace him. No, but If if it had to be someone, it would be him. But even then, I just don't see that happening. On offense, probably still need some pieces in, in that bottom six. Third to beat, and fourth liners. Yeah, third and fourth line to be more comfortable. But like, I think that's it for the most part. You just, You get healthy you add another piece or two into your bottom six maybe a seventh defenseman and and you're fine going into yeah. the playoffs
1: the thing is is like i don't think there's going to be any pieces like a big piece like there like it's too early to tell with the trade deadline who's going to be a big piece traded like what oh, you know what i like, think there's no way it happens but if you could get Ryan O'Reilly he'd be sick on no it. no shot
0: there's literally, no shot literally no but way.
1: he'd be fucking sick with the abs. could you imagine I mean, yeah. barely know
0: like, Can someone send us a Photoshop of Ryan O'Reilly? Dude, I still have jersey? a Ryan
1: O'Reilly jersey in my closet. <laughs> like, I can bust that bad boy back out. Um, but I would. Uh, what a I sick would,
0: custom jersey!
1: Yeah, I just got it made. It's the old one too, with like the ugly striping on this. It's bad. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, but like, I I really think St. Louis is gonna have to trade him because you're not gonna resign him.
0: I mean, if you keep playing like this, I just don't know how much longer Barube lasts. I mean, cause yeah. like this, this just seems like the kind of team, like, I don't know how you fix this. Like you're not trading a guy and things are going to get better. This is not, it's not all on Jordan Bennington. It's not all on Thomas Grise. It's everyone. And when it's everyone, it comes back to someone. And that's the coach. And I th- I think Baruby's a fine coach, even if he is a little bit of a whiny baby, but I think he's a fine coach. I mean, he brought him to a Stanley cup in his first interim season, but they gotta win a game soon. Like that, that game against the Avs, we might see the most desperate St. Louis team. Like that, oh, that could be a very serious game.
1: Hundred percent, they could be. But I don't know, man. If Ryan O'Reilly is available and you could get him, there's no chance. Hey, I, did, get him.
0: I I simply cannot imagine Ryan O'Reilly, as good as we are, would be too pleased with how things had turned out. Actually, here's an interesting conversation. I know the Blues won the Stanley Cup after they got Ryan O'Reilly. But the Sabers ended up doing pretty well in that trade too. Oh with yeah, Thompson, and I wonder how we're going to look back at that trade historically now.
1: I do too, but I it would be such a full circle moment if he came back. Um I still think Jonathan Taves oh Jesus um sorry I'm sweating out Maxion might right here um I still think that Jonathan Taves makes a lot of sense for the Avs which sucks.
0: I mean the more I've thought about since we had that conversation I just don't know how we make that money work even No there's no way retained, I, th- I I think you'd have to get a third team in there and then once you're doing that like then I don't know. Like it, it, would. I think it just makes more sense for a team with a little more room to make a Taze yeah. trade or something like that. Especially when it comes to like a Patrick Kane trade as well.
1: But like, see, th- this is my overriding point: is I don't think that there's like a big fish out there that the apps necessarily need. Slash, I just
0: I think we kind of proved we don't need to. Right. And it's also when did we know Arturi Leckonen was available? Like a week before the trade deadline like last they, year, and I am before, I like immediately came on here. And was like, we need to get this guy immediately. Like, we we did not even know he was available coming into the trade deadline. All of a sudden right. he was. Now all of a sudden he's Nav. And then you look at another guy like Josh Manson, like we considered him a possibility maybe. But you need to really wait until the trade deadline to see how certain things shake out. Because St. Louis could be a team that just really turns it around. Buffalo could be a team that all of a sudden like sinks into the dirt. The Flyers, like there, there's a bunch of stuff that needs to play out before we get to friggin' March.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff to play out, but like I, I think Joe Sakic is hesitant to trade first round picks. Rightfully so, because the way you sustain a dynasty and a good team is you continue to draft well. You keep those top picks. Second and third round picks. Joe Sakic is allergic to them. He doesn't give a fuck about second and third round yeah. picks. But um the first round picks, he did like that's. I think there's no way we trade for like a first round pick because I just don't think there's anyone.
0: Good yeah, I good mean, game. Joe Sakik will do what makes sense for the team. If he will trade, he will trade a first-round pick for a longer-term solution. Yes. Like he, he was not, he was, he was willing to trade Justin Barron for a long-term solution in Arturi Leckin, and he would not have done that if Leckin was an upcoming UFA.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't have done it. And Darcy Kemper was a little bit of a uh, like, shit, we got to figure this out move. Darcy
0: Kemper was either we go ahead with starting next season with Jonas Johansson or we simply part with a first round pick. Yeah. So
1: he'll make the right call. And I think Chris McFarland's rightfully so aggressive too. So yeah, I I think think we got to
0: start getting used to saying Chris McFarland said Joe Sackley. Because it, it it is Chris McFarland's show now. He's the one that makes those calls. So I think we I think as a show we need to get used to saying that.
1: But I there's still some pieces. It's a long ways away, but I still just don't think they need to fi- like they just need little fixes right now. Like the team's there. Oh. Um, you get another guy like a Cogliano and stuff like that, and you'll be fine. But I really think Jack Johnson's gonna be a navigator.
0: I, honestly, I really hope he is. That would just be such a full circle. Can you imagine? You get the Blackhawks to retain half, and you have him at, like <laughs> at like under. You have him at like under five hundred thousand against the cap. Yeah, I mean it's
1: possible. I mean, because what would you have to trade for? Maybe a fourth,
0: like a fourth round yeah. or something.
1: That'd be a pretty good turnaround for the Blackhawks to get another pick out of that. So, um, I, I, it makes a lot of sense for him to come back, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. I, I really hope it happens. I want Jack Johnson back on my team. So, yeah, there's
1: a lot of pieces that need to happen, but I I'm not worried about this team. I'm excited to watch them again because the last time we saw them, they were really good against Columbus, and I want to see them continue that. So,
0: it's gonna be fun. Yeah, should be great. I think they're gonna win against Nashville. Uh, having a home game against Carolina, I think, will be interesting. I think if they're going if they're going to win one of those Carolina games, I think it's gonna be this one. That one in
1: Carolina could be a bloodbath.
0: Yeah, that that one could be pretty rough. But I mean, even even the one we had in Carolina last year was two to nothing. It was a close game up until the very end.
1: Yeah, I think Ethan Bear scored like yeah, yeah, from... the Ethan
0: Ethan Bear goal and just on a shot that Kemper could never see, and then an empty net goal at the very end. We did a live stream for that game.
1: We did. It was the most exciting one, two nothing game I think in all time history. Oh yeah, it
0: was a fantastic game. Like this, this could these could very well be Stanley Cup final previews.
1: Yeah. So I'm excited for him. It's going to be a good time. I can't wait for the abs uh, to come back and we'll actually have some actual hockey games to talk about instead of just rambling on about the league.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Like we finally, we finally don't have to make things up anymore. Every single episode we can have a game to talk about.
1: Yeah. So it'll be good. But uh, I think, do we have anything
0: else we have on the agenda for this episode? No, man, I, I think we're all set for this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, we did want to talk. I mean, we wouldn't be a hockey podcast if we didn't talk about the stupidity the Boston Bruins did. Um, like, it, it was just a stupid move by them. It, I don't know what Cam Neely was thinking. I, like, you're, you're it, an it idiot. Is,
0: it is the most baffling thing I've ever seen. At, at a baseline level, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Why? Why? And why? This made no sense on any sort of level. Morally, incorrect in every single way. And they they just thought they were going to get away with it with signing Mitchell Miller. The for everyone who's unaware of the story, Mitchell Miller had his his draft rights renounced by the Arizona Coyotes 2 years ago due to bullying a black classmate with disabilities and do not let anyone fool you that this was a one-time thing. This was years of quote from the family of the bullied kid torture. This went far beyond bullying. He was found guilty in juvenile court. This is not any sort of like cancel culture. This is a justice that took place. And the Boston Bruins thought they were going to go outside the system and sign this kid and just wait for the the storm to blow over. They thought it was going to be a little bit of a PR nightmare for a few days. They signed him on Friday. They They took it back on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Well, they tried to just media dump it on a going yeah. into the weekend.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> tried to media dump it and they tried to say new information. Go fuck yourself. That was available on every single Wikipedia article for years. What happened? You did not even attempt to reach out to the family. You just thought you were going to get away with it. You didn't even see with the league if he would even be allowed to play. You didn't even check with your own players. What the hell is wrong with you? This is Dude, like I don't- i don't know what they were thinking the most brain dead morally wrong thing i have ever seen a team do like just there's no there's not even a debate about this what the hell there's no debate and you just like the boston
1: bruins are a good team why why do you need to add this drama to your team why the
0: hell did you do
1: this yeah like you're a good fucking hockey team so why are you why are you trying to add drama and like I will say it was good to see Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand speak out and be
0: like, "Yeah, and Nick, we, and Nick Foligno too."
1: Yeah, like this is fucking stupid. Like, yeah. what? Why
0: are we doing this? Right? They were. They were baffled. Like, do you understand how bad a decision has to be for the players on the team to come out and be like, "We don't agree with this. This is wrong," while the signing had already happened? You know how many times hockey players come out. And says, like, well, the decision's not up, like that whole spiel that they always put on and something like that. For a team to actively come out and say, this is wrong shows just how badly Bruin's management did on this. It
1: well, and it's it, Cam Neely's own fault because he can't fucking draft for shit that they have no prospects. It's it's his fault.
0: Like he's the one who drafts the players. Because like, even I the Arizona Coyotes, as horrible as a thing as they did for drafting him. I'm willing to cut them a little bit of slack because it's the draft. You have a ton of players and I'd be willing to understand that maybe you did think this was an isolated incident. As horrible as it is that you would still make that draft choice knowing that you took it back. Look, we didn't know everything. That's fine. You're you're keeping track of a lot of kids at the draft. You know what? It's horrible, but you took it back. I'm willing to give them a little bit of a break. The Bruins, two years after the fact, you go back and you sign this kid with no gun to your head, no nothing. You thought you were just going to get away with it. And you they said themselves that this had been in the works for a while. They knew what they were doing. I don't give a fuck that they gave it up. We should never let them off the hook for this. If they, wanted, if they were trying to get away with this, they were trying to get away with this, and they just couldn't. And they thought they were going to.
1: They really thought they were. Um, so it's just... It's, it's a sad story. Like
0: I, I just. And the Bruins still have not reached out to the family. Not, not even to say I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. My, my favorite thing is like, why are we trusting it? Like the story comes out and it's like, he was like, yeah, I reached out and apologized to him and they just believed him for his work. Yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't he, do he, it. He, 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 dig he, dig he
0: allegedly reached out on Instagram. Yeah. That's <laughs> my, my favorite argument to this is like, well, that he was 14 you know what I did when I was 14? I, I embarrassed myself in middle school. You know what you know what would happen if what came out when I was fourteen like was revealed to the public? People would call me a loser. They wouldn't call me evil. Yeah,
1: I, I wore jean shorts in middle school when I was 14. Like I wore jean shorts a polo and you remember those big bulky DC shoes? Like I, yeah. I, I wore those. Like that that's why I did as a fourteen year old. You're
0: telling the- me you didn't torture disabled classmates? Because mm-hmm. uh, apparently if everyone did that, according to some people. What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you yeah no it makes no sense like there are certain t- things that you should get like a second chance but this is not one it's, of them the, the nhl is a privilege if you want yeah. a second chance go work a nine to five like everybody else
1: i gotta like yeah it's it's just a sad story and i'm glad that he's not going to play in the nhl ever um and i'm and, honestly and the... surprised that gary bettman and them were like yeah we wouldn't have let like like the NHL is pretty stupid, and they are like. Because I mean,
0: league. Jeremy Jacobs is one of the most prominent owners in the sport. I mean, we we had the conversation about team words recently, and Jeremy Jacobs and the Bruins are are very much up there for Gary Bettman, who's essentially an underling to Jeremy Jacobs and the owners, to be like absolutely not again shows the ridiculousness of this signing and that the Bruins didn't even check with the league. The AHL was not even going to let him play. Yeah. They they did not consult anybody before they did this. It's the most baffling thing I've ever seen. It's not even like Mitchell Miller's that good. No. It, my thing about this is that it literally just felt like spitting in everyone's face just for the sake of it. For no discernible reason. It's not like Mitchell Miller is the next Bobby Orr. He's like a decent prospect, I guess. He was going to be like a second round pick in 2020. Like, okay.
1: yeah, It, it makes no sense. Like, it was like of-
0: wor- worth this? Did you what- really think it was worth this PR nightmare? You thought you were going to get away with this. What is the PR team doing? I don't, honestly, I feel bad for them because if they, they were not consulted. If they didn't no. consult the league, they did not consult the PR department.
1: No, because like this is why you have PA depart or like PA departments or PR, not PA, PR departments because they would have told you like, hey guys, yeah, th- this is not going to end well. It's like, <laughs> hey, uh,
0: you are out of your fucking mind. Yeah. You are insane. You are out of your mind. Absolutely not.
1: I I don't know, but
0: yeah, I feel like we kind
1: of had to talk about it because it is a pretty big hockey story. Um, and and with the abs kind of not having a ton of games, I, I we did want to talk about this. Uh, because it is just a sad story um, and makes no sense how a professional team can can look past that but I think we'll in the episode on that um we have some AVS games to cover next time we come on this one so I'm oh, pumped about that
0: it's gonna be so much fun we can actually talk about some hockey for once yeah. so and
1: Again. if you want to go to one of those games Griffin I was just looking on SeatGeek before the tickets for the price for the Carolina game, which I think is going to be a uh, fantastic hockey game. Take a guess how much they're going for on SeatGeek. Uh, too much, I would think. Nope, not too much. You got you got to give me give me a guess here, man. Come on. All right, I'll, g- I'll give you a guess.
0: Uh,
1: 90 bucks. 90 bucks. Yeah, that would get you a pretty damn good seat in the arena uh, because where I'm looking at right now, uh, they're starting at
0: $63. So, so you know what you can do. Yes, you know you tell you what do. they can do. You can go out and get some of those seats, 63 bucks a piece, 90 bucks a piece, and you can use promo code tell it it is for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. So you could be potentially getting in to watch a Stanley Cup final preview for under $50. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me.
1: And if you want, there's seats in my section and you can sit close to me and watch me be an absolute lunatic at the game.
0: So and that I itself mean, is worth the price of admission. That's
1: worth the price of admission. 326. That's where I'll be. Um so yeah, use promo code teledabs It is at SeatGeek. We love SeatGeek. Number one ticketing app in the world.
0: Without questions. Again, promo code Teledavs It is for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL and you can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay and follow the show at Abs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. When you hear from us again, we will be talking about hockey games that the Avalanche have played and it will be every episode for the foreseeable future. So thank God for that. And thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go Abs.